Hello everyone, I am Skyler Holzman, president of radio at Big Red Sports Network. We have a very special episode of Bear Tracks hosted by a few members of BRSN's eBoard, Helen Kim, Ashton Jimenez, and Annika Bissinger. Today's interview is with the captain of Cornell women's hockey, Micah Zandy Hart. Okay, hello everyone. My name is Helen Kim and I am VP of blog here at BRSN. And today we are chatting with Cornell Women's Ice Hockey star, Micah Zandy Hart. Micah, how are you doing today? You know, I'm doing well. Uh, the sun's out and uh, I'm just happy to be here. So th- things are good. Amazing. Well, happy to have you. Um, this is a special episode honoring Micah as she was just named a nominee for NCAA Female Athlete of the Year. Um, congratulations. And we wanted to have this episode be led by the female members in our club. So today I am also joined with Ashton Jimenez and Annika Bissinger. Hi. Hi. Nice to meet you. <laughs> okay, so starting off strong, Micah, any quarantine hobbies? What's quarantine been like for you? Any vacations? Um, what's been up? Um, not really anything new. Um, vacations. I So I'm obviously went to school at Cornell and I'm from the west coast of Canada so I actually ended up driving about 5,000 kilometers by myself to get home uh when when kind of the the stay-at-home order hit and and the border closed and things like that so I ended up heading back home by myself which I wasn't planning to do other than that trying new things just kind of accepting a life without um so much rigidity I think uh, as Cornell's students and as as a hockey player my life has been kind of like this all the time I know where I got to be and right now it's not like that so just accepting that and trying to make the most of some extra time here and there and just being able to plan my days a little differently has has been something new that I'm trying to work out but it's it's been nice that's great great. so have you been able to um you know, do any practicing? I know that, like, for me, my coach has given us a lot of workouts. Do you guys have anything going on? Yeah, so, yeah, I've been pretty much on a training plan since uh, since the season ended with my, my strength coach here in Canada, and it's been just kind of whatever I have access to, and, and he makes the most of that and puts something together for me, so that's been good, and then the last couple of weeks, I've gotten the chance to be back on the ice, which is which is nice. It's been a little bit of a struggle getting my feet under me again on my skates, but uh, it's nice to be back out there. So moving on from quarantine itself, obviously we're here to talk about your accomplishments and your nomination and the future, what the future looks like for you. Um, but first, we kind of want to get back to the basics and talk about your beginning. So we know um, just some f- small details, like you grew up in Canada, you had an older brother who played hockey, but can you bring us all the way back to the beginning and tell us about your introduction to the game and how you fell in love with it? Yeah, definitely. So I think for most people who aren't from Canada, <laughs> I, um, assume that all of us grew up skating on frozen ponds. Um which wasn't really the case for me. I grew up in Victoria, which uh, our climate here doesn't really permit frozen ponds. So hockey started for me just out in front of the house on the street with a, with a net and some rollerblades and a stick. And that's what my brother did. And that's what I wanted to do. So spent my time out there. And then I started going to public skating with my dad and just learning how to skate. And honestly, I just never really stopped. And I lived at the rink for, for the rest of my childhood. And, and I just loved it. Awesome. 
That's great. Um, it's always good to hear how now, you know, looking back and you're way, way past those beginning days um, and have accomplished a lot. So it's always good to hear how you started. Um, and we just wanted to really touch on, as you know, we're a Cornell club and you recently graduated. Um, what kind of convinced you to go to Cornell? I mean, I know before you were there, they were really successful and were really dominant. Um, did that success appeal to you or what else kind of convinced you to choose Cornell to play your collegiate career? It's kind of a package of things, I would say, you know, trying to decide a school and also playing sport, especially as a female, you got to look at both sides of the coin. You can't just look at, at the sport because most likely that's not going to be our, our entire life. So I wanted to pick a school that was going to offer me good academics and, and hopefully a good future outside of hockey afterwards. On the hockey side of things, I want to be I wanted to be surrounded by like-minded individuals so that you know made decision to go to Cornell similar to me and I found that within within the women's hockey program coaches super committed um, our head coach Doug Darrell also has um, a bit of a career with the national team program and, and putting players forward with Team Canada so that also appealed to me but overall just coming to the campus and spending time with the team I honestly just knew that it was a group that I wanted to be a part of and, and it had a lot of tradition and a lot of legacy and, and we wanted to get back atop uh, the national rankings and, and it was really, really fun to be a part of that. Um, that's great to hear, I think. And you definitely left your mark too and your legacy and have built that, contributed to that Cornell legacy. You know, you talked about your academics and that was a big other reason of going to Cornell. Um, what were you studying and what made you decide to go that academic path? Yeah, I didn't really know in, in high school. I thought I wanted to be a lawyer, and then I got to university and realized how much reading uh, being a lawyer would involve and, and quickly decided that's not what I wanted to do. So uh, I picked psychology because I knew it would be relevant in whatever I went forward doing. Um, it would help me in just my everyday life uh, and hopefully a career too. But as I you know moved my way up uh, in sports, I just was really passionate about psychology in terms of uh, sports psychology and performance psychology working with athletes so that's where I stuck with psychology and I did a little bit of English here and there as well just to, to work on my writing and, and I really enjoy doing that as well so that's kind of what stuck me in that path and, and I hope to pursue sports psychology hopefully down the road. That's awesome. Um, so speaking more about your history on the ice at Cornell, um, you've been a front runner from the very beginning. Freshman year, you led the defenseman scoring with 18 points and you're second in block shots. And as a sophomore, you were the second sophomore to ever be captain. I just want to hear what that was like, um, you know, leading a team at such a young age. Was that difficult? Was it challenging? Um, rewarding, I hope. Yeah, it was, it was a challenge. I won't lie. I went into my sophomore season and I was terrified uh, to be to be one of the captains, but I had a really good co-captain my sophomore year, one of our seniors, and both of us kind of knew that uh, my freshman year wasn't our greatest season and we didn't have the best team culture and we knew what we needed to do to try and make that better. So it was really cool to, to be a part of that and, and getting our team culture back where it needed to be. And you know, I learned a lot about myself uh, just in terms of leadership and connecting with people. Being from where I was from, going to Cornell, I obviously didn't have anyone there that I knew before I went there. So uh, just getting to know my teammates better and, and getting that mutual respect within my 
within my team, despite the age difference of, of myself and my teammates was, was really important. And, and I just, yeah, I learned a lot about myself uh, as a person, but also as a teammate. That's awesome. You kind of mentioned um, that you wanted to change your team's culture. What steps did you take to do that? Yeah, for us, you know, it was it was just making the rink and the locker room an environment that people really wanted to show up to and be uh, be a cohesive group and and make everyone feel comfortable. Sorry, my dog just groaned in the background. If you heard that. Um, anyway, so we wanted to make the locker room. Uh, an environment that that people felt comfortable in and and each individual whether it was a freshman or a senior knew that they had a place on that team whether that was you know playing a lot of minutes on the team or whether that was sitting in the stands everyone had a role and so we really committed to just kind of being vulnerable with each other and, and creating relationships and making everyone feel valued and I think ultimately that that really helped us over over my career at Cornell is, is just making sure that everyone knew that they were meant to be there and that they contributed to our success. That's awesome Micah and um, being on a team I do know that I think the team culture is definitely something that is going to reflect on your performance so I think those are some awesome steps that you took and I'm sure all the girls on your team agreed. Um, so now flash forward a year, you finish your sophomore year and you decide to take a year off to play uh, for Hockey Canada. Um, so just tell us a little bit about what that was like. What Was it hard to re-enter academically after taking a year off? Um, was that pause more positive than negative? Was it more negative than positive? Just just explain to us how that gap year kind of went. Yeah, first of all, um, it was, I was pretty young to be centralized at the time, so it came at a bit of a surprise, though it was my, my dream. I was... I was nervous to leave the team after having a, a good year, my sophomore year and, and being the captain. I, I didn't really want to leave my team at that time, but uh, they supported me in that. And, and I ultimately ended up going uh, in terms of the year. It was, it was really tough for me actually being away from my academics and just being focused on hockey. I, my head was just in the game way too much. And I think we get so used to being a student athlete that we forget that both those things are actually really important. It's not the sport and the school, but they actually end up kind of being outlets for each other. So I actually miss school a lot. So coming back to Cornell after that and, and being in the classroom uh, was really important to me. And, and I think, helped me kind of debrief that year. Uh, I ended up being the last cut from the team before the Olympics. So that was tough uh, hit on my confidence and uh, kind of affected my relationship with the game of hockey for a while. But coming back to Cornell and being surrounded by my teammates and, and kind of getting back on track, like I said, in the classroom um, was, was actually kind of a, a tough adjustment. But I think in the end, the year and that experience made me a uh, stronger athlete and, and also a better leader. Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's a really cool opportunity. And I think the fact that you got to do that, like you said, at such a young age is pretty amazing. Um, but as you were saying, I think, yeah, a lot of athletes get stuck in that student. I mean, your whole life, right? You're a student, you know, as long, same time that you're an athlete. So making that adjustment, I'm sure it can be difficult. But I think, you know, you reentered Cornell pretty strong, um, you know, I don't think on the ice we saw any of those difficulties. So you got back into the swing of things at Cornell pretty uh, seamlessly. I think at your senior year, I'll drop some of your stats. You were fourth in the nation among all defenders and broke a Cornell record with a career total of 225 blocks. Um, how does it feel to know that you definitely left your mark on the Cornell women's hockey program? And what was that like for you? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think we talk a lot about it within our team, um, leaving the jersey better than we found it. So I think for me, that was always something I wanted to do. I wanted to leave uh, the jersey and also my jersey better than, than I found it. And that's on the ice, that's off the ice, that's in the Cornell and Ithaca community. And I mean, to end this year ranked number one in the nation was, I don't think we, our senior class thought that that was ever going to happen. <laughs> like we, we knew we were good and we knew that we were climbing our way back, but I don't think any of us ever saw us in that number one spot. So to finish off the year and despite everything, not getting to finish it off and go to the national tournament but to have that number one ranking that will trump you know anything else and to know that that when my senior class came in we were not even ranked in the top 10 and now to to leave as seniors and leave the team in a number one spot I think that's that's a huge huge honor for us and and I think we we couldn't have drawn it up any better yeah and I think it was pretty remarkable that you guys were able to do that and it's really kind of I don't know, disappointing, I guess, for even fans that, you know, there was such an abrupt end and you guys didn't get to continue on to that NCAA tournament. Um, but I think, you know, like you said, it was still, you guys surpassed you know, your own expectations. I think that's pretty remarkable. And you guys uh, did a great job. So now, you know, moving on, you are now planning to play club hockey for the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association and um, representing Canada. Do you want to tell us a little bit about, you know, what your future is going to look like on the ice and anything else you want to tell us about those next steps for you? Yeah, for sure. Obviously with the nature of the circumstances right now, I don't think any of us really know what the next year is going to look like in terms of uh, competition, especially internationally with the national team, but I will, I'm currently in Victoria, British Columbia. I will move to Calgary, Alberta, and I will train there with, with the PWHPA, as you said, and with, some of my national team teammates and it could be a year of training or we, we could get some games and competition in there. It's, it's still up in the air, but I will continue to, to train full time for, for hockey and hopefully go to the next Olympics, which would be 2022. Other than that, uh, like I said, I, I hope to pursue a career in sports psychology. So we'll most likely go back to school at some point. And, and other than that, I just, I help out coaching and, and mentoring young girls in the game uh, in my hometown of Victoria. And, and hopefully I'll continue to do that where, wherever I am. That's awesome. Um, I was wondering if you could speak a little bit um, about, you know, we're talking about playing professionally, um, you know, since there is no like woman's version of the NHL, um, do you think that there are a lot of challenges to attempt to play professionally out of college for those athletes who don't have the option to join a national team, um, specifically those like in the United States? Yeah, the challenges are, are endless. And I don't think that's something I even quite grasp yet because I am still so close to my college career. But the nature of women's hockey is college hockey is professional at this point. So to play NCAA Division I hockey is pretty much the best it gets unless you're going to the Olympics. So for anyone coming out of college, it's, it's huge. There's professional options in Europe. There's, you know, RPWHPA, which is basically just a group of players who are trying to create a sustainable professional league where people can play and get paid a livable wage and have full-time coaches, full-time trainers, everything that, you know, a male professional league would have. 
There's also the National Women's Hockey League right now, which which is a league that people are playing playing competition in um, that runs kind of alongside ours. So there's some options, but at this point, none of them really really offer you a sustainable, you know, money making career in the sport of hockey. So a huge challenge would be just trying to balance your your life and hockey um, and ultimately having a career outside the game, unfortunately, at this point. But um, I think I think it's on the horizon. So hopefully, hopefully something will be in place in the next few years. We hope so. <laughs> yeah, we definitely hope so. And obviously, um, this is just an example, I guess, of, of one of the many struggles that all female athletes face is that I think there's kind of an under-recognition um, in most sports. And so I think that... Um, you kind of accomplishing all that you've accomplished and now making these statements is definitely going to be impactful. Um, so now that you are entering this kind of permanent professional stage, um, if you think back, who would you say was that role model for you, whether it was um, male or female in hockey and athletics in general, out of athletics, just kind of talk about who you thought um, inspired you. Yeah. The main one for me is, is my mom. Um, so I grew up in, in kind of a single parent household where my mom raised raised us four kids and she you know wasn't necessarily a hockey player or a hockey fan but as I grew up she she became pretty much the biggest the biggest hockey fan definitely my biggest fan but seeing her manage the four kids and, and work a job on top of that and give us you know every opportunity that we could have asked for uh, I think really showed me what a leader was and what being selfless meant and I think that has been a huge guiding force in my life. And I think outside of that, I think, and I'm sure you guys can attest, I meet, you know, someone probably every couple months where I think, man, that person is someone that I look up to. And especially in the nature of sports, you meet an, an older player. So for me, you know, maybe it was an Olympian that I met when I was younger. Maybe it's a teammate I have now that that's a few years older than me. There's a lot of those people, especially in the hockey world that, that I would say that I look up to and, and try to emulate certain things. And, and um, I think that's, that's something that I'm really grateful to have is, is more than one role model in, in many facets of my life that I can look up to. So you mentioned your mom as your role model. So that definitely had to be kind of an intense environment for her and maybe for you guys as children living in a single parent home with four kids, as you said, do you, so you spoke about how she was your role model because of her leadership. Do you think that, I guess, kind of the intensity that it might take to raise four children kind of reflected on the intensity or the intense mindset that you have to have on the ice? Yeah. And I think, you know, in, you have the intensity side of things, but I, my mom always approached everything with a good sense of humor and she got to know everyone, no matter, uh, you know, where they were, what their job was, how much money they made, what their background is. That was always her. She, you know, had a conversation with everyone. She got to know everyone in our family, got to know everyone that she worked with. And I think that's something that showed me what being a leader really meant. And it's not always about the intense moments, but sometimes it's about those more personal moments and, and being yourself no matter what. And, and like I said, just having a good sense of humor through everything and, and being able to make light of some situations is those are things that really stuck with me over, over, I would say the, the intensity or, or the intense emotion that came with, with our upbringing. Sometimes it was, it was always just her lighthearted and, and funny nature. And I'm sure that helped you too, to kind of balance when you have had all these leadership positions, you know, it might be an intense sport, but having that 
you know, sense of humor and that lightheartedness, I'm sure was very helpful to you as well. And you're leading a team of girls that want to be friends off the ice too, and want to have fun, you know, and it's not just about all being successful, you know, on the ice, but having a good time as well. So I'm sure that was, you know, a part of that influence as well. Um, you briefly mentioned earlier how you, you know, really headed to take a lot of role in mentoring and developing um, young girls. And I just wanted to briefly let you the opportunity to kind of talk more about that, you know, why that's so important to you. I think you definitely are a female leader in ice hockey right now. And whether you want to look at that or not, I really think you are. And so now you're kind of in a position where you can let young girls know, like, you can be me, you know, I've reached this success. And I think that's really awesome that you have that platform and opportunity now. So I was just hoping you could speak a little bit to, you know, how it feels um, to be someone that young girls can look up to and why you've decided to take a role in mentoring and developing young players. Yeah, I think, I think it really comes down to understanding what one impact, like one moment, what the impact of that one moment can have on a young individual especially a young athlete and I'll give you an example so I grew up in Victoria and in British Columbia we'd never had a player that uh, went to the Olympics for for female hockey we still still don't but we never really had more than one person you know crack a national team or camp or anything so there's no one from Vancouver Island where I'm from that that did what I wanted to do so I wasn't following anyone's path I was I was kind of me and my family were kind of going along a path that we didn't really know but when I was about six or seven, I had the opportunity to meet a national team player named Colleen Sistorix in Saskatchewan, um, Canada. And I got to go to her camp. I got to meet her. I got to hold her gold medal. And she was from a small town in Saskatchewan, not far from where my dad lived. And, you know, I spent three days at that camp with her and she instantly became my favorite player. And I knew I was like, you know what? She came from a small town. She probably didn't have anyone she looked up to and she made it. And she was a defenseman. And I was like, I can do that too. So looking back on that moment and realizing what three days of being at a camp with a national team player, that impact that it had on me, I realized the impact that I can have on players, especially in my home province, or whether it be even in the Ithaca community that we can have as Cornell women's ice hockey players on the young players, uh, the female hockey association in Ithaca, just one moment or, you know, a signed hockey card or a conversation or a high five or getting to know their name, that can have a huge impact on, on what a young person can, can do in their life or what they expect or, or see themselves doing. So I think for me, that's what really drove me to, to start mentoring and, and trying to give back to that younger community as much as I can. Well, wow, thank you for sharing that story. That's honestly really heartfelt. Um, I've definitely had those moments being an athlete myself. Um, so, you know, as we mentioned in the introduction, you're now nominated and you really can be that role model for girls um, as the, um, you're being a nominee for the 2020 NCAA Female Athlete of the Year. Um, again, congratulations. I was wondering if you wanted to speak a little bit about what this nomination means to you and if you have any advice for young um, aspiring athletes. Yeah, it's, it's a huge honor, uh, especially to be recognized for me as someone that, that takes pride in who I am as a person and, and who I am outside of uh, on the ice. Uh, it's a huge honor to be, to be recognized for kind of the whole package, I guess. 
Uh, but honestly, it's, it's, it's the environment that my coaches and, and my teammates have created that have, have allowed me to, to have the career at Cornell that, that I did. So I think with the success of our team came, you know, maybe my individual success and, and my individual accomplishments, but it does mean a lot. And in terms of advice for, for younger girls, I guess, I guess, you know, really holding on precious to what you really want to do in your life, whether it be a dream or a goal or just something you're interested in, really take ownership of that yourself and, and don't let anyone tell you that that's not what you should be doing or maybe you should look at doing something else. If you love to do something, which which I did, I love to play hockey, and if you love to do that, then keep doing it as, as long as you can and, and try to get every opportunity you can out of it uh, because it will, it will shape who you are and, and it will give you – and I, I think – the most valuable thing I've gotten out of my hockey career is the people that I've met. So my teammates at Cornell, that will be my friends for life. My teammates from high school, they will be my friends for life, coaches, mentors, all those people. That's what I'm going to take out of my career at the end of the day. When I'm 60 or 70 and I'm looking back at my four years at Cornell, I won't be able to tell you my stats, but I'll be able to tell you my teammates. So I think, I think that's the most valuable thing that I'll take out of my experience in sport. That's awesome. You know, so sort of just like wrapping up, do you have any, you know, future goals just off the ice, not even necessarily related to your career, anything that you want to achieve? Um, you've already achieved so much at such a young age, um, but I definitely am interested in hearing if you have any broader goals. Um, yeah, outside of uh, hopefully uh, being a gold medalist at some point, um, I just want to, I just want to keep doing what I love, no matter, no matter what that, what that is at what point in my life. Uh, people, you know, they say that I work really hard at hockey, but to me getting up and training every day is not, is not work. I just love to do it. I've, I have very few days where I don't want to do it. And I think that's, that's what makes us, uh, makes us happy and fulfilled in life is, is doing something that we feel is important and that, and that we enjoy. So Whatever that may be, if I'm coaching down the road or which I would love to do, I'd love to coach, but or if I'm a sports psychologist or, you know, stay at home mom, whatever. If I'm enjoying it, um, I'm I'm sure I will I will be happy. So that's a great outlook to have on life. I think we all strive for that. And I think you really are kind of living your dream, what you've wanted since a little girl. I think that's really amazing and remarkable and inspiring to female athletes everywhere. Um, and you briefly touched on before we close the interview, I got to ask, um, about the Olympics. <laughs> so what are your you know plans? I know, I think you were striving for 2022. Is that still the plan or do you have any updates on that? Yeah, 2022 would be the plan. Who knows if 2022 will happen in 2022, but, um, I don't know. <laughs> Well, we'll all keep training like it is, uh, just like the athletes that just got 2020 postponed to 2021. Um, we'll keep keep grinding away, and that would be uh, my ultimate goal in the near future. And um, yeah, and hopefully, obviously, being a part of uh, creating a sustainable professional league for women's hockey would also be would also be a huge huge honor to be a part of that as well. Well, I hope you are, and I hope that we get that um, sooner rather than later. That's the goal for everyone right now. Um, 
Well, I think that's it for us. It was great talking to you. I think you have left your mark on Cornell women's hockey, you know, Cornell uh, community, the Ithaca community, and now your home community as well. Um, you've done a lot on the ice and off the ice. And it was um, really, you know, exciting for us to get to talk to you and hear more about what you have been doing recently and what your goals are. Um, you're a big inspiration to young female athletes everywhere. And it was good to um, talk to you about all that. So thank you for joining us in this episode. And I hope that we did, you know, highlight women's voices in sports and um, keep up all of your work in empowering young female hockey players. They all need a person like you. So thank you very much. Thank you very much to the three of you. I had a lot of fun. This was great. Thank you. You're amazing. Thank you. I'm so happy we got to talk. Thank you guys very much for listening to the interview. If you guys want to check out more content from Big Red Sports Network, you can find them at BigRedSportsNetwork.org or you can find them on Instagram and Twitter at CornellBRSN.